Are you doing any traveling this summer? This is the time of year when people like to take their travels, their trips. And in order to have a good trip, a successful trip, you have to do some planning, don't you? You have to know where you're going to go, when you're going to go, how you're going to get there, who you're going to see, what you're going to do, and how much it's going to cost. And if any of that gets fouled up, your trip may not be so fun. So we recognize that in order to have good, safe, fun traveling, you've got to do some planning. Well, our traveling is more than just those trips we take to vacation spots. One could say that we're also traveling through life with a lot of different experiences and a lot of things that are on those roads ahead of us. And just like we need some good planning on those trips we take, we know we need some good planning in our life too with our education, with our job searching, with our experiences, with the people we have, all of those things. We need some good planning. Well, in all of this traveling, let's not forget about God. Not just to look to him for blessing as we take our steps and make our plans, but also that we realize he's been planning our life for us. So this summer, we have a series of messages entitled, Discovering God's Road for My Life. Now, we're going to look to see how God has planned our life and how he works in our life. And we're going to look at all variety of different things by looking at the life of King David. Here's one of the people in scriptures where we can go back and and see his childhood and his youth and his early adulthood and, and his career working and how all of these experiences played together and, and then finally how he was the ruler over Israel and even into his own age. So we're going to see all of that stuff about his background. We'll also hear about some of the wrong turns that he took and that we take and the new directions that God puts us on. So we're going to take a look at God's road for our life. And just like it's important for us to have a map wherever we're going, we're also going to see it's important for us to see how God has mapped our way out for us. That was the conclusion that King David came to as he reflected on his life with these words from Psalm 139, he said, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Well, what did David see? What did he see in his life that he could make such a comment? Well, what do we see in our life? You know, we like to look back and see different things that have gone on in our life. And when we do that, we can see how all those things in the past have kind of brought us to where we are today. Now, sometimes the reflection that we make on those things are more or less just like looking into an attic or like looking in a closet or a garage and seeing some of the memorabilia, some of the things that we have kept over the years. You know, all those treasures that we just don't want to depart with. Might be some item that we used in some activity, might be a souvenir from something, might be a photo album. Whatever it is that we hang on to 
we do so because there's a, a nice attachment to those things and it reminds us of certain things in our life. Well, we can look back at our life and see certain things that we have done and experienced, but more so than that, let's look back at our life to see how God has been working forward. We look back to see what's happening, but God, when it's happening, is looking forward to see how he's going to use those things for our benefit. Well, let's do that by taking a look at King David's life. And all throughout his life, we can see in the various stages of his life, he had his focus on serving the Lord. It already started when he was a young man. The prophet Samuel came to his father's house, Jesse's house, looking to anoint the next king of Israel. Well, Jesse, the proud father, gets all of his sons out there. He's got eight of them, and he lines up all the seven older ones. Somebody there has got to look impressive to this prophet to be the next king. You know how dads are, right? like to brag about their kids. But Samuel looked at each one of them, and he said, None, are these, none of these are the ones the Lord has chosen. Do you have another son? And he said, yeah, but he's a young kid. He's out in the field with the sheep. Samuel said, bring him here. That was David. And that's the one the Lord wanted to anoint to be the next king of Israel. Now, what did David have? <laughs> he's just a young kid. He was a shepherd out in the fields. But as David reflects on his life as a shepherd, he can see how the Lord was using those experiences to work forward in his life. That is, to train him to be the shepherd of God's people. From leading sheep, he learned how to take care of the sheep, how to guide them, how to protect them, how to care for them. The same qualities that David would need as a king for the people. But there was also something else that came up in David's life, and that is that moment when he has stand up to a giant named Goliath. So in David's attic or closet, there's probably a slingshot and some stones to remind him of this event. You see, David now was in training in service to the king, who was Saul, and the army of the Israelites was going against the army of the Philistines, and they were going to settle the battle by having two of their warriors come out to fight. So the Philistines send out this giant guy called Goliath, and the Israelites send out nobody. <laughs> because nobody had the courage to go up against this giant, this, this uh, seasoned, experienced warrior. But then David hears they need someone to fight. And here's what happened. When David's words were overheard and reported to Saul, Saul called for him. And David said to Saul, Don't let anyone be discouraged. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. But Saul replied to David, You aren't able to go up against this Philistine and fight him. You're just a boy. He has been a warrior from his youth. David replied to Saul, your servant has been a shepherd for his father's flock. Not much of a job description to be a warrior, huh? But listen, whenever a lion or a bear would come and carry off a sheep from the flock, I would go out after it 
strike it down and rescue the sheep from its mouth. If it rose up against me, I would grab it by its jaw, strike it and kill it. Your servant has struck down both the lion and the bear. Now that's a good job resume for being a warrior, huh? You see how that experience as a shepherd was now leading David to be experienced as a warrior. It goes on. This uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. David went on to say, The Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will also deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. David probably looked like a very unlikely hero, this little guy compared to this giant, a shepherd. But David was not relying on his experience. He was relying on the Lord who had given him that experience and that training so that he could stand up to Goliath with courage, but with faith and defeat the giant. Now, David also had some other experiences in his life that proved beneficial to his future as king. He had music lessons. Yes, kids, listen, music lessons. In those quiet times in the field, or maybe those quiet times in the palace of King Saul, David was practicing his little harp. And he was composing songs. Songs that became part of the hymn book for the Old Testament people, the Book of Psalms. That's still used by us today. David used his gift of music to lead others in worshiping the Lord. In fact, David was sometimes called upon to help King Saul, who had these fits of rage due to psychological and spiritual problems. David's music calmed him down. Therefore, David, now being in the presence of this king in his palace, saw what it was like to be king, the issues he would have to deal with. He saw how to do it and how not to do it. In all that, David was gaining experience for his future as king. So you see, as we look back and see what's going on in our life, we can also see how God is working forward to prepare us for something else. And that's true for us too. I'm sure if uh, you've done any traveling, you uh, probably like to use a GPS system. Aren't those things great? I was just in Minneapolis a few days uh, this week, and in order to get around, I just uh, used my phone and the GPS system. I just hit it and said, I need directions too, and it would give me these directions. It would tell me where to go. It would tell me how long it was going to take to get there, how many miles it was. It would tell me when I needed to turn right or to turn left. It told me if there was an accident coming up and would slow things down. It was great. Every step of the way was mapped out for me by that GPS. Wouldn't it be great if there were a life GPS? Something to tell you, okay, make this decision. Go this way. Take this career or this job opportunity. Go to school here. Do all that. Well, maybe all those fine details aren't laid out for us in a GPS system, but there is a GPS system that God uses for our life, and he lets us know what it is. It's grace, that undeserved love, that limitless love he gives us. 
It's his providence, his control, his operating of all things working for our good, and that good ultimately is salvation. That's God's GPS in our life. So let's take a look at how God is working in our life just as he was in David's life. And to show you this GPS guidance system, let's look at the words of the Apostle Paul from Ephesians 1, in which he tells us, here's how God is working in your life. Now, he's not going to give us all individual details, but he will give us those overall principles of grace, providence, and salvation. Listen for those in these words. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Did you hear grace? Did you hear about God's providence to bless you with every spiritual blessing? Did you hear salvation, how he may, wants to make you holy and blameless in Christ? Now he goes on. In love, he predestined us. That is, he pre-planned our life. For adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. You see, I can look at my life and see times when I really messed up with God. How did God deal with it? With grace, with forgiveness. He washed my sins away with the blood of Christ. In his providence, he brought me back to him and put me on that right, right path for salvation. Paul goes on. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, we were also chosen. That is brought to faith. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are Christ, God's possession to the praise of his glory. Do you see it? God's GPS working forward in your life, his grace, his providence, and salvation. Now, usually at, at this point in my messages, I always have a message for me, something to apply to your own life. Well, I changed the wording a little bit. It's now an exercise for me. Now, I'm going to have you do two exercises today or during the week. And the first one is this. 
Simply look back in your life and see how God has been working forward. Look at the family you were raised in. Look at the people God brought into your life. Look at how God brought you to himself. Look at the experiences and the events that you have had. Look at all of those things and see how God has been preparing you to bring you to where you are today and where he wants you to be tomorrow. In other words, look for his GPS system working, that grace, that providence, and salvation. Now, sometimes when we look ahead and see a long road, it looks a little cloudy or foggy, and we're not sure what it's going to be like, and we might get a little worried and have some questions or doubts. But our assurance that we're going to be blessed comes from the fact that God has already been working in our life with his grace. And the path we are on is the right one and the best one for us. So what we need to do is stay on that path. You know, if you're driving your car, you're using a GPS system, maybe you, you miss a direction that it was giving you. Or maybe you kind of ignore it because you think, well, I know a better way to take. Or maybe you just turn it off and say, you know what, I want to go a different direction totally. I don't want to listen to it. And then you may find yourself off course and maybe in a little bit of trouble. So listen to the GPS, right? Well, listen to God's GPS. Listen to how he is guiding you. But how does he do that? And what is going on inside of our heart? At this point, I'd like you to watch a little video to illustrate how God can be working in us and through us. Dad? Dad, are you there? Dad, pick up. It's, it's me, it's Allie. I really wanted to talk to you in person. I wish you'd just pick up, or at least return my calls. Anyway, there's something, there's something I've got to tell you before I go. You see, Dad, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm moving. Look, I know what you'd say to me. I mean, if you were still talking to me. But I, I have to try. You know, my teacher says, he says I'm really good. He says, he told me I should go for it. I just wish, Dad, are you there? Are you even listening? I just wish you could understand what it's like to try to do this, knowing that I don't have your support. I know that you think I'm an idiot to go, but can't you see, Dad, I'm not like you. I tried to follow in your footsteps, Dad, but you were never around to show me what to do. I mean, how am I supposed to... I gotta go. I wanted to say this to you in person, but now I just, I guess this is goodbye. So, goodbye, Dad. So, what'd you think? Do you think I'll get the part? for this role all week and my audition is tomorrow. I'm so nervous. You were... <laughs> Hold on. 
I'm sorry. I had you on speakerphone. I got, I got caught up in that. You were amazing, sweetheart. You do that just like that tomorrow, you'll blow them away. Thanks, Dad. I know I can always count on you. You're my biggest fan. I guess it makes it a little less scary. Boy, I wish I could see their faces when you audition. And remember, I'll be praying for you the whole time. And you let them know. If they don't cast my little girl for this part... Dad, I'll be fine. Thanks. I love you. I love you too. Bye-bye. What made the difference? It was what was in that father's heart. We can look back and see how God has been working forward in our life, but what step will we take to go forward? We need to do some looking inside and see what our heart is like. You know, God may have seen all these wonderful talents that David had, right, in being a shepherd and protecting those sheep and, and being a musician and all of those things. But no, what God remarks about David was, he was a man who was after God's own heart. Let's take a look at our heart and see what kind of shape our heart is in. And here's what I mean by that. Do we have a heart that is spirit-filled? Filled with the Spirit of God. Because we can't be who God wants us to be. We can't walk on His path unless His Spirit is in us and leading us. And where do we get that spirit? He comes to us, he tells us, only in the word and in the sacraments. And when he does come to us, he can fill us and give us a heart of faith. I'm sure David had a heart of faith. He never thought and planned that he would be fighting a giant, that he would be the next king. In all the troubles that he experienced, in all the waywardness of his own life, and we'll look at those in future messages, David had to have a heart of faith to trust God through all those experiences. That's what the Spirit will give us. And when we recognize all those blessings, we'll have a response of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. That's what's going to move us now to take those steps forward on God's road. That's why David wrote all those psalms and those prayers, relying on God and expressing thanks to God for those blessings and that he's given us. That's what worship is about. It's about expressing our attitude of gratitude. But even more, it's now to live with a purpose a purpose to serve God and his will for us, a purpose to serve God's people. David saw that then throughout his life. God has a special purpose, a unique purpose for each one of us too. We are to identify what that is, see those opportunities, and be moved to serve him, or as the Apostle Paul put it, to excel in grace-giving. When the Apostle Paul 
reflected on what he saw in the life of the Macedonian Christians, he wrote about it to the Corinthians to urge them on also. Here's what he wrote about them. He said, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And he tells us what motivates us to excel. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Look back at Jesus' life who came to live for us and experience all we have experienced, yet without sin, and to give that obedience to us through faith in him. Look at him who laid down his life as our shepherd and took it up again to assure us of our eternal life, and then now is enthroned in heaven as the king of kings to rule over all things for us. That's grace. And that's what moves us to be in shape to serve our God. So here's your second exercise for the week. Do a little spiritual checkup. See if you're in shape. If you're, if you're spirit-filled. If you have a heart of faith. If you live with an attitude of gratitude. If you see a purpose for serving and want to excel in sharing God's grace with others. This is how you get in shape. You get into the word, you come to worship, you work for the Lord, and you have fellowship with God's people. In all of those ways, God will keep you in shape. That's traveling on the road God has set before us. Now, I know sometimes when we travel, we can have some bad experiences. It might be bad weather, the, the planes are off schedule, the car breaks down, or whatever. But you can also have some very good experiences, too. Well, I can assure you that when you travel on God's road and see his working, you will experience the best of blessings and have a great trip. Happy travels. <laughs>